Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hello. Thank you for going to the last show of Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouteau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Everybody, 28 days, 7 hours, 27 minutes, and 46 seconds until the Ducks and Auburn Tigers kick off right here on the fan, August 31st, 4.30 p.m. on ABC. Are you pumped for football, Darkins? Let me tell you something. I wake up every single morning thinking, how are we going to make big four, big ugly ugly four, four, (laughs) ugly again? How do we make ugly four important in football? How do we do that? Tell me. I I don't know. I don't have those answers for you. Let me tell you something. I've abandoned my family. I've told everybody, don't bother me anymore until, darn it, I figure out how we make ugly four big again. Ugly four. Make them big. Ah. Hey, football's right around the corner. We've We've got the Hall of Fame game in the books. NFL training camps are open. Uh, we've got new text messages from Urban Meyer. I mean, it's football season. That does kind of, uh, that is kind of the flag, right? For football <laughs> season, it's Urban Meyer story. Urban Meyer controversy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was, it was funny because we were all talking two weeks ago mm. about uh, Jim Harbaugh saying how there's always controversy that follows around Urban Meyer. Unbelievable. Jim Harbaugh stirring things up. And then you get the 2,000 whatever text messages. How would you like to have that job? All right, uh, Urban Meyer, just, we got a bunch of text message records. Can you read through them and try to find something that's, uh, you know, makes you feel gross inside? Can you go look for those? Probably not that hard. I wouldn't think so. Well, okay. Over under on three wiener picks. Ooh. I'm going to go under. I think we would have known about wiener picks. You don't think, you yeah, think you under know, three wiener picks between Zach Smith and Urban Meyer? Ooh, well, if you're talking about both senders, over. But yes. but Urban only sent two. Really? Yeah, yeah. Five of them were from Zach Smith. Do you think it started off as Urban kind of being like, hey, can you check this out? I'm not sure what this is. <laughs> and then he sent it, and there was obviously nothing there. Yeah. And Smith was like, oh. Except this, for excitement. Yeah, this is a signal. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that? As if your coach texted you a picture of his wiener and he was like, hey, can you check this out real quick? I think something's wrong. (laughs) When was the last time you and I did a show where you didn't bring up wieners? Well, last week it was the whole hazing thing. Yeah, I know. I know. You go through the gauntlet. 
We don't need to relive it. Well, I don't I'm think not, people know. I'm not suggesting that it makes the show all that much better. I'm just curious. The last time you and I did a show here on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. that you didn't talk about, you know, the male anatomy. Look, I think it's a very valid question. Did Urban Meyer send Zach Smith a picture of his member in medical context? Hey, can you check this out? This thing's like kind of red. I don't know what's going on here. Does this make you feel any different about Urban Meyer? Or is this pretty much what you expected? So so just to catch everybody the, the up. member pictures? Stop. Or the story? Stop. So the story is Urban Meyer, uh, his text messages were, were released as part of the investigation into the, the Zach Smith situation. Did he know what he knew when he said he knew it? Or was he lying? Turns out, yeah, he was lying. They were definitely talking about it. The, the new information that's come to light is that uh, Zach Smith had an offer from Alabama to go and urban Meyer is blackmail. The right word <laughs> essentially said, you owe me uh, the, your position. You wouldn't be where you are without what I did for you. Don't forget what I did for you. I'm paraphrasing. Obviously <laughs> we know what that was, which was help. Cover I identified up, that spot, help cover up the domestic violence. Uh, and, and that that's what came to light from all of this. So, is this still the same image of Urban Meyer that we had, which was well, oh, I got an image of Urban Meyer. Winning is more important than people. <laughs> it's a serious <laughs> news program that we're trying to put on here. I got a serious image of him in my head right now. That doesn't do. look right. I you will. need to go to a doctor, Urban. I don't know. You know what? I, I mean, this I think this story came out. Because I think there is a concerted effort among major media markets to warn people, most most notably Fox Sports and USC, really yeah. um, that, hey, this guy's a D-bag. Maybe don't hire him. I, I think that's kind of it. And I think if you're USC, which, you know, let's just quit speculation here. We know that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. If it, you're it USC. It feels very much like that. Yeah. Or Notre Dame. If you're USC or you're Notre Dame and you're seeing this kind of stuff, you have to now kind of weigh consequences to reward and say, okay, do I want to go down that path? Do I want to win a national title, which would be super awesome, but then have like five years afterwards when Urban Meyer eventually gets fired or has a heart attack and has to retire again, where I'm literally in another abyss. I mean, it's the same thing as the um, Toronto Raptors. Except it isn't so much as controversy. It's just like, hey, did I want to gamble on Kawhi Leonard for one year to now destroy the rest of this decade coming up? Because honestly, the Raptors, they're not going to even sniff it. I I mean, they're going to be quite far behind at this point. But I guess what I'm saying is, if you're USC and you hear this story again, does it really weigh on your conscience still that you go, do I really want to hire this guy? Yeah, well... I mean, how many other coaches are at his level? I mean, that's that's the thing that we're talking about, right? It's and I'm not saying that his coaching, you know, wards off all of these demons that he has, but how many other coaches are in his caliber? I mean, you've got you got Nick Saban, you've got Urban Meyer with with multiple championships over the last few years, and USC hasn't been exactly hiring the best guys anyways. I mean, Lane Kiffin was an absolute disaster and he took off, obviously not a not a guy that was super loyal to the program. Uh, you have uh, uh, the Sarkeesian era that didn't end all that well. Clay Helton is kind of hired as a good guy, right? I mean, there's there's no problem with his character outside of football. He's just not a great head He's football weak. coach. He's weak. He's weak. So 
I guess you kind of hope that they won't, that they'll heed the warning, but Art Bryles has a job coaching high school football in Texas. He's a good man. <laughs> and there's a lot more stink on, on Art Bryles. I'm not saying that, we, you know, I'm not trying to make light of Urban Myers, but there's a lot more stink on, on Bryles. There, I don't know. Don't you think? I mean, you're talking about, I, I don't, don't know, know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe mean, you're right. Urban Meyer, he pretty much harbored a domestic abuser. He harbored him, and well, he elevated that, him and encouraged him. Yeah. I mean, 31, Bryles, ar- 31 arrests in six years or whatever it was at Florida, too. It's not just the Zach Smith thing. I would like to think that Art Bryles was willfully ignorant. Yeah. That's what I'd like to think. No, <laughs> Put honestly. a positive spin on it. Well, no, no, no. I, and uh, I guess I'm not trying to do that. I'm, I'm just trying to explain the difference between the two. And I think it was only towards the end that Art Bryles got the full yeah. picture. And he goes, oh, crap, I need to cover this up. I think Urban Meyer is such an effing control freak that he knew about everything. Obviously, from these text messages, we know he knew about everything. And he just was like, I don't care. I'm going to bring this guy up. It doesn't matter to me. Don't go to Alabama. I've spent too much time covering up your domestic abuse allegations. I'm over it. You're staying here. That almost, to me, seems more messed up. Well, the other thing in the story I read, and I didn't go through all the text messages, so I'm getting this this stuff you know, just through the sources that I've seen. But what I read was that it also showed that Urban Meyer reported this up. It wasn't it wasn't a secret from the administration. So that's the other thing is that the Ohio State athletic directors and presidents and the the people in charge went, yeah, it's about winning football games. So you would hope that an organization and a school that is on the outside of this case goes, it's not worth it. It's not worth us for t- us to take on a guy. But he's got a job working for. Fox Sports, and he's also coaching or teaching a leadership program at Ohio State. So, God, it'd be a fly on the wall in that class. <sighs> yeah. So, anyways, that is your uh, big news of the day. Have uh, any of you heard of the uh, <laughs> the word encryption? Because it's quite important when texting and doing things on a computer, so people don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I had to learn it. <laughs> you did. This, this I'm speaking Urban as Meyer's. Urban Meyer. Now, yeah. uh, your Urban Meyer voice needs some work. Now, class, if there you don't you mind, could you take a look at this? I don't know what this is, this spot. Seriously, it's on the head, and that's that's concerning. And it's not like a burning. I don't know. I might be tricking myself here if it's a burning. Uh, oh. 553 <laughs> is a better you today text sign. Do you want any piece of Urban Meyer at your school? Is it oh, more I don't of- want that piece. Uh, well, here's, here's the other <laughs> thing that happens. Thank you. Oh, Will Darkens, ladies and gentlemen. Um, here's the other thing is how bad does Urban Meyer want to get back into coaching? And, I mean, I know that USC, the, the big name schools, USC, Notre Dame, were being, you know, bandied about this morning. But what if you're a school that's at the bottom of a Power 5 conference? You know, how bad does he want to go and coach? Does he want to go and take Vanderbilt and turn them into a winner? Are there schools that have been on the outside looking in that want to have a winning program that are willing to pay this guy? It's like so, a Louisville they yeah. did with uh, Petrino. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, well, he was their own guy, and they brought him back, but you never know. Um, five, I guess three, he five. had the motorcycle thing at Arkansas, right, or whatever he was. Uh, was it Arkansas, or was that when he went to – did he go to Tampa Bay? No. Well, it was with a student, so it was in college, yeah. but I'm yeah, trying to figure Arkansas. out. It might have been Arkansas. I don't know. Well, either way. Um, maybe he went to the Falcons. He went to the Falcons, right? Again, I think it was in college. No, no, I understand was, that, oh. but he, he left Louisville, went to the Falcons, <laughs> ended up at Arkansas. Oh, did he really? I think – is that – yeah, I thought he was. Anyways, 
We'll look up Bobby Petrino's uh, uh, roundabout way back to Louisville. Plenty of uh, hot Bobby talk. Five five three zero five. If would you want Urban Meyer at your school, knowing, as Jim Harbaugh said, that it would bring controversy? Uh, but we could talk about a major. We need to talk about a major contract extension in the NBA. We've got news and notes from NFL training camp. We've got baseball talk in hour two. Plenty to get to. Sinner and Saint right here on 1080 The Fan. Hi, y'all. Welcome back. Luke Anderson, Will Darkins here. Getting everything ready to go for you for for football training camp. Getting you caught up on all the NBA things uh, right here Saturday morning. 1080 The Fan. Will, you're now a big Chris Jansen fan. Is that right? Huge. Went out to Wolfstock. I did. A couple weeks ago, and now this is uh, it's in your blood. A little bit. He's a great musician, man. It's just he sings about just the most, you know, the dumbest crap. Uh, it's just, it's very, uh, it's very repetitive. Yeah, well, there's a certain thing. There's, uh, there's a certain amount of uh, tractors and whiskey and beer drinking you have to sing about to be a country artist. And God. Oh, yeah, God, too. Don't forget about God. And country. I don't know who sings the song, but there's, uh, if I could have a beer with Jesus is a real song. That's pretty sweet. Except for I'm pretty sure Jesus drank wine. Well. Like, do you have a Chardonnay that I could get instead of the. Well, if like he did beers? drink beer, what would he drink? I don't know. I think he drinks rosé. I think he'd be out in uh, in Newburgh kind of hanging out. But, I mean, like, if if he did drink a beer. Jesus, you're saying. Yes. Yeah? Like, what would he drink? I don't know. Maybe an ale. Five five three zero five. Better you today. Text sign. If Jesus drank beer, what would he be drinking? Yeah, I got him as vino. I got him as a vodka soda guy with a lime. I think he would have kind of a light, maybe a hefeweizen. Yeah, maybe like a, a Belgian vit. Hmm. Yeah, like a Hogarden. I think he drinks Hogarden. He probably drinks European beer. Probably a little snooty about that. Ugh. American beer. Ugh. Just a guess. Uh, all right, so a couple contract extensions uh, this week. One of them uh, right here for your Portland Trailblazers, a three-year $100 million extension for C.J. McCollum. And then we saw this morning breaking news. Dun, dun, dun. Draymond Green gets his four-year $100 million extension. So same money, longer terms for, for Draymond Green. Um, I also have the, all the over-unders for the NBA teams, but first wanted to get your thoughts on it. Signing CJ early, signing Draymond early, those are pretty automatic moves in my mind. What do you think, Will? Uh, CJ, well, CJ, I guess initially your gut reaction is yes, because I don't know, what else are you going to do? It's kind of evident at this point that you're not going to be able to attract any big-name free agents, and building through the draft's going to take whoa, too long. Whoa, 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 did, did the Blazers not sign Pau Gasol? Yeah. Okay. Did, I, yeah. did I miss something that... Yeah. All right. No? Yeah, that's enough of that. Okay. That's uh, a big name. You're not going to be able Five to sign ago. a big name free Eight agent. You're in an awkward spot in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum's prime where you can't necessarily build through the draft anymore. Yeah. You yeah, can get pieces in the draft and they'll be very good at contributing and everything. But at, at this point, this is Dame's prime. And, yeah. you know, you got to perform. And so you got to stick with what you got. And you got to add good veteran pieces and good solid pieces like Rodney Hood and just kind of like go the course. The thing about the contract, though, is that isn't this kind of the West Coast case study of what Toronto tried to do, <laughs> and it didn't work until they were able to kind of stumble their way into getting Kawhi Leonard? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can see the equivalency there. Um, the nice thing I think that the Blazers did this offseason is that they, they instead of sticking with what they had and going, all right, let's, let's stick with the devil that we know, let's go get guys that are more upside. It might be, might be you know, a, a wash. Might actually make this a little bit worse. I'm looking at Hassan Whiteside as one of those guys. Kent Bazemore might be one of those guys as well. But it's you go, all right, if if we get these guys at their best, we've got a better shooter on the wing, somebody that is going to be able to catch and shoot like Evan Turner never could. We've got a guy that had all this potential in Miami that got him signed to a max deal. It's only a one-year uh, left on his contract, so it's not that much of a risk with Whiteside. But his upside is a lot higher than Myers Leonard. It's it's going to be a lot more dramatic if we can get him into that role. At some point, you're going to get Nurk back, so you surround the the young guys with a veteran piece because Nurk is still young, what 25, 26, mm. and you've got you know you've still got Anthony Simons, and you've still you kept Zach Collins. So you go, all right, if if one of these guys can hit, you know we might have that piece that we need to get over the top because remember the Warriors are going to be there but they're not it's not the same Warriors that have been there the last two years how long do you think it took Neil O'Shea when they were in the meeting room after the season ended to say you guys we got to money ball this thing <laughs> you know he said it dude you no, know no with his vernacular he said something way more pretentious than that like what Oh, I don't know. I don't have his vocabulary. I don't. I didn't know what bifurcate meant until he used it. You, you also see that he dropped a trifurcate at some point in one of his press. No. Oh, he did. What does trifurcate mean? Well, bifurcate is splitting things so, into two. So multiples? Tri, it, three. Try. Why? What? Why? Why he, do that? Why? Because he's Neil O'Shea. Yeah, but like, Cause this he, is it, this 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 demographic of people that are engaged in basketball. Yeah. Don't care for that. It's important to him to be the th smartest guy in the room because he's never actually the smartest guy in the room. But so that obviously positions him as the biggest douche in the room. What I will not argue with that. Like, everybody knows it. Well, yeah. The press conference come around, and you just look for the dumb new word of the day that he's going to use. So, yeah, he didn't say money ball because that's something you and I would understand. The uh, moves we made this offseason, though they were capricious... We're so, smart. So one of those uh, silver packs of juice. Sounds like it, doesn't capricious. it? Capricious. Capricious uh, son. <laughs> the capricious son. By the way, 55305, somebody suggested that Jesus uh, drinks Rolling Rock. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, of God in Pennsylvania. And then from uh, Pennsylvania. Who drinks Rolling Rock? That's another thing I want to ask. The Amish. Really? It oh, is. I don't know. Quakers? Boy, when I Not was drinking, man... I tried one of those things. It is the crappiest of crappy beer. Yeah. Somebody told me that uh, Hams, Olympia, what was the other one? Uh, Pabst, all the same beer. All comes out of the same vat of beer. It's made uh, in the same building, and they just go, all right, put some some in that can, some in that can, some in that can. Not a bad beer. I'll drink that, I'll drink that if I have to. I'd, I'd drink that instead of uh, dying of thirst. Isn't that the same thing as uh, Costco Kirkland vodka? Oh, probably, yeah. It goes into Belvedere bottles or whatever. Or, well, it's like made by the same company that's like a really nice vodka. Yeah, it's like Grey Goose or Belvedere that's or something it. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, they're all the same. Um, so then Draymond Green, you are one of the people that despise Draymond, and if, if the Blazers traded for him, you would give up your fandom for the Blazers immediately because you think that he is dropping off of a cliff, both from a talent and 
and a social awareness standpoint. Uh, but he gets extended this morning by the Warriors, who you've heard from Clay Thompson, you've heard from some other people around the organization. How dare you say that this dynasty's run is over? They still have the pieces. Well, I guess they still have the pieces. Are the pieces good enough to win a championship? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> not only have they extended him, but they've also enabled him. And it's too bad because he's probably going to spend his career there. And I, It's too bad. Well, it is because I really wanted to see him go on another team and then try to be, I'm using air quotes here, the guy on another team Ooh. and have it not work out at all roll, in the least. Roll out the Indiana Pacers with Draymond Green as yeah. the focal point. I mean, you kind of had to do this, right? Because you got to keep your core together and you got to hope that maybe some of the people you draft land really well and you still have the best backcourt in the NBA. So yeah. whatever. But uh, to me... This just kind of reaffirms that Draymond Green is only effective in that system. And that was pretty much everybody except for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Kevin Durant is somebody that I know we all said was absolutely incredible. He's the best player in the world. When you saw him in the playoffs... The Golden State Warriors were a different team when the, when he was in the playoffs. Well, no effing duh, they were a different team. <laughs> he played with two other uh, two other Hall of Famers, future yeah. Hall of Famers. When you do that, you can take eight minutes off at a time, even if you're on the court. You yep. can just sit in the corner and do nothing. Yeah. I cannot wait for him to get on the court in Brooklyn and for this to just fall to pieces. Well, what were the two big shots that he made to win those championships? They were the ex- exact same shot, right? It was a, a left elbow extended out at the three-point line. You have LeBron James coming up to guard him, who looks physically shot, right? He's played every possession because he's had to. The series is on the line, so LeBron's doing everything, and it does not even look like Kevin Durant is sweating in those. He just strolls up, takes a casual three-pointer, and yeah, he hits a big shot, but he doesn't do it at the point of exhaustion that the Cleveland Cavaliers were at. So to me, it was like exactly to your point. It's like, yeah, of course it's easy to go out there and win a championship when you've already got a championship team around you and you're the extra piece that they got dude he is hella screwed who's <laughs> this is durant this is durant let, let me just read off the roster and you go ahead and tell me who you think will be able to act as the uh, defensive stalwart on the perimeter right sure yeah because that was draymond green draymond green basically covered up what inefficiencies what, no, uh, Kevin Durant had with consistent defense. Kevin Durant can play defense when he wants to, but if he does it too much, he gets extraordinarily tired and he starts to suck <laughs> and he makes really bad decisions. Yeah. So you tell me if Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, DeAndre, oh, I'm sorry, old ass DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> Jarrett Allen, Karis Lavert, Spencer Dinwiddie. Din- Dinwiddie's a rock solid defender. Yeah, that's right. Rodinos <laughs> Krushush. Jalen Hands, which, by the way, incredible name. Yeah, but how many of those guys are going to be on the roster when Durant comes back? They may end up cycling through a lot of those guys. I don't know what the contract situation is, but that's the team that's going to play with Kyrie this year. Durant will not play in 2019-2020, and if he does, he's an idiot because that team is not going to go on and win a championship. Well, you heard but- he was walking around the streets of L.A. this week. TMZ came up and saw him limping around. I thought he sold off everything that he had in uh, L.A. to move to New York because he hates the West Coast. What a douche. I can't stand this guy. (laughs) Dude, this is like the only NBA star that I really hope his career just like absolutely goes down in flames. Yeah, dude. Yes. He, He this needs to happen. Yeah, I hate for it to come off of an injury. I'd like to have him have him have one good year back. You know what I want? I want to. 
drive. It doesn't quite work. Peyton Manning had kind of this ending where he went to the Super Bowl when he was playing well and got crushed, but he won on a team that was that was a great defense when he was playing terrible. I want I want a similar finish for Durant. I want him to come back and have one good year and where you go, oh man, they really got something going, and then fall off the shelf like Peyton did without the Super Bowl at the end. Here's the difference, though. Peyton Manning was somebody who would quietly work as hard or harder than anybody else in the NFL, yep. and he wouldn't put it out there, his insecurities and all of his friggin' uh, just all of his stuff, all of his emotional yep. stuff out there. He just went about it day by day. Brock Osweiler played over him for three games, yep. and we didn't hear anything from Peyton no. Manning other than, glad we're winning. I know, but put Kevin Durant in that spot, and it's a disaster. It's a complete That's disaster, and it's if incredible. Take, if you take anybody else's personality besides Peyton Manning, it does not end that well. And then, of course, he got his Super Bowl, the little fairy, fairy tale ending. But it, it, the quality of his play, when he came back the first year in Denver, he was great, setting records like crazy. He was the worst passer in the NFL the year that he they won that Super Bowl. I want that for Durant without the winning. Trying to think if there's another comparison, but I want him to come back and play well so that we can watch him fall apart. Well, you just play it. KD, you cheese butt. Where LeBron at? KD, LeBron, he gonna yam on you. And now, the news. NFL training camps are in full swing. Before we get into that, go to at CenterSaint1080 and participate in our poll question. We'll fill you in on the results in the second hour. But it is. What kind of beer would Jesus drink? <clears throat> so, NFL training camp is in full swing. We've already got the Hall of Fame game in the books. I think the biggest storyline, eh, it's always the biggest storyline, but it's quarterbacks, right? I mean, this is kind of an interesting year, at least in my mind, uh, around quite a few different guys. Uh, maybe one of the least is Tom Brady going in as a starter at 42 years old. Usually that's not a situation where you have a guy coming off of a Super Bowl and you have no idea when he's going to be going. It's going, oh, we didn't have a better option, so we're going to put Doug Flutie in. Uh, oh, wait, wait, we're out of other options. Here's Vinny Testaverde. Well, I think the even <clears throat> more interesting and deeper part of Tom Brady's at least training camp is the fact that they haven't signed him for an extension yet. Yeah. And here's why it's interesting is because for the Patriots, it's actually saving them money if they sign him to an extension right now. Hmm. And if you know the Patriots, like pretty much anybody that follows the NFL does, they do everything conservatively, meaning they save money, they get rid of people at the correct time, seemingly <laughs> scarily knowing when people are out of their prime. Yeah. And so what this means is that after this season, Tom Brady, if he doesn't sign a contract extension, Tom Brady will become an unrestricted free agent after this season. Now, you got to imagine that they would be able to sign him to another one-year contract, but this is also a dude who has said many, many times before, I want to play Tom 45. Well, yeah. he's 42 right now. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's kind of skirting the line between we're committed to you, but we're not. Yeah, but Tom Brady's never going to play in another uniform. He's not going to go at 43 and start for the Vikings. What about the Bengals? Well, that's a good point. I didn't even consider the Bengals. Um, so I don't think that's something you need to worry about. But I think, I don't know, I just I find it fascinating that because there's enough storylines going on in the NFL that that one kind of gets buried 
a little bit, but that's crazy to think about. I know that we've got other guys that are going to be 40 this year. Drew Brees, uh, you've got Ben Roethlisberger getting up there and Phillip Rivers, but Tom Brady is still at the top of his game. And I don't know, is this the year that you're going to expect him to start to, to taper off and maybe, maybe your contract extension is, is a little glimpse into what they're thinking. I don't know. You, you don't really know, right? The, <laughs> well, of course Jared not. Stidham's behind him? Uh, yeah, I guess I suppose he is. You confident in him? No. No, I'm sticking with Tom Brady. I just let him go out there and play as long as he wants. When we talked about Draymond getting his extension, I think part of that is going, hey, thanks for all the championships. That was awesome. Tom Brady, if he goes, yeah, I'm going to give it another shot, they're not going to go, listen, we just don't have a roster spot for you. We need to keep Jared Stidham happy. That's not going to happen. Well, I think you also have to consider that it's probably going to be Bill Belichick's last season when it's Tom Brady's last season. (laughs) They they ride off into the sunset together? It really will be. I don't think Belichick will stick around after Tom Brady's retired. Now, I could be really wrong about that, but I think that he values Tom Brady a lot more than the public thinks. Yeah. Even though he still treats everybody the exact same, he understands that Tom Brady understands his mindset. He understands the offense, and he knows how to kind of mold with him as the season Ah. goes on. He's never had another uh, quarterback that he trusts more other than really Jimmy Garoppolo, who trading him to San Francisco was really a favor Yeah, because they, he could have traded him to the Browns for yeah. a lot. Well, I understand that, but I, I think a lot of people overlook the Brian Hoyer aspect of that. Brian Hoyer was <laughs> – no, well, listen, listen. Brian Hoyer was released immediately and signed immediately, and he, had already, he already knew the Patriots system, and you need a backup quarterback, right? So essentially it was a trade without it being a trade. Um, so the idea that they got fleeced in that deal, what happened with, uh, the Patriots after they traded away Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, I don't know. They won a Super Bowl. Yeah. They went to back to back and won a one. Yeah. That's, that's like a good guess. Anytime when anybody, when anybody asks you questions about the Patriots, they're like, Oh, well, what happened then? Uh, yeah. Just go. Yeah. I think they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> they, 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 they've been right. in the Super Bowl both years yeah. and they, yeah, they won one. Um, Speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo had the false start in San Francisco last year, came out game one towards ACL out for the season. He is back and he has what he calls a robot mindset. It's actually written onto his wristband where his plays are reminding him that he just needs to be machine-like in his thinking. You talk about man versus machine. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, we saw him in that five-game stretch at the end of the 2017 season where he won every game. Yay! 2018, he's gone. Here we go. Going into 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo leading the team. USA Today already picked the San Francisco 49ers to win it all. Or not win it all. Uh, win win their division. How do you feel about the 49ers? Well, actually, that's a pretty good pick for winning the division because, I don't know. You had two playoff teams in that division last year. One of them went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, I mean, you have to assume Arizona is really going to suck. You sure. have to assume also that the Rams uh, have a running back who they're paying an extremely <laughs> large amount of money who now has arthritis. Yeah, well, he's really, really a good sign. He's really, really 25. Then you got the Seahawks, which, yeah. you know, they're always bound to win some games, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. So, so you're just going to take, you're pretty happy with Garoppolo out there? Ah, give me Jimmy. All right. Uh, so the other team that's getting a ton of hype, obviously, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, aren't they? Uh, isn't there some line in Vegas saying they're gonna they got a better chance to win the Super Bowl than a lot of teams? Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds isn't that right. correct? Uh, that sounds right. I think their over under is at ten wins. Oh boy, yowza! 
That seems like a lot. Tell me if... Uh, eh, not really, though, when you look at that division. Dude, that division is garbage, especially now that Antonio Brown has gone from the Steelers. I mean, you I don't think, know. Yeah, Steelers are picked to win the division. They seem to be uh, able to replace guys. Remember how good Mike Wallace was in that offense? He gets shipped off to Miami. He's terrible. They replace him with another great player in Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's having Hall of Fame numbers to start his career. They've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been right into that offense. Ben Roethlisberger makes wide receivers look really good. I would be surprised if they didn't find maybe not the full 100% replacement of Antonio Brown, but a combination of guys I think are going to step into that role. I mean, James Conner last year was damn near a pro bowler. If he hadn't got hurt at the end of the year, he would have been. I'll say this. As the Browns, you have a much, much better chance because, yes, Pittsburgh's probably going to be your biggest challenge in that division. Raven, but then you look Ravens at, were a uh, yeah. Dude, uh, I've read reports out of That Lamar out Jackson doesn't look like a superstar. Well, no, it's more that John Harbaugh's like, oh, yeah, the, the kind of offense that we're running with Lamar Jackson, it's going to be revolutionary. That's a.k.a. he still doesn't know how to throw a football. <laughs> Listen, we'd throw the ball if we could, but we can't, so we're going to have to do some yeah. revolutionary. Yeah, revolutionary means yeah. we're going to go back to the 1930s where the quarterback <laughs> essentially just ran like the wing tee and yeah. would, like well, Terry Baker style. Well, we think of the Revolutionary War, we think of the United States winning, and there's some revolutions that do not uh, – do not win. Well, and the other team you got there is what? The Bengals yeah. and you know. the Cardinals. They're the Cardinals. Yeah, pretty we much. We just did the same. You'd, we have two playoff teams. They have to get through. I mean, the 49ers and the Browns are in similar situations. So if you're taking faith in both of them. Uh, but let's listen to some Baker Mayfield comments and tell me if this gives you more or less confidence in the Browns. Are you having fun on camera a couple of times with the, the mustache? Is there a story behind? Maybe you'll find out. Maybe you won't. I don't know. <laughs> That's the elegance of having a mustache. You just don't know what's going to happen. No kind of bed or quarterback bonding or anything like that? It's like the QBRV. You guys just don't know. during <laughs> in any films in the future, right? You would like that, wouldn't you, Tom? <laughs> Is that it for the day? Cool. I don't know what's worse than that clip. Baker Mayfield or the, <laughs> the media. <laughs> Baker, you're so good. Baker, oh my God, we love you. Dude, they love him. They do. Come on, this is the first ah. Browns player they've had who's actually interesting in like <laughs> 20 years. I mean, really, name this me the Bernie last. Kozar. Yeah, like name me the last charismatic Browns player. Ugh. Yeah, that's a fair point. Well, they had. Uh, Ellis. They had Seneca Wallace. No. <laughs> Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. I guess. Uh, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I mean, they did have Johnny Manziel, but, but I also his, did, his charisma was yes. fueled by drugs and alcohol. I framed the question charisma, not exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, hey, guys, want to do shots? All right, Johnny, probably maybe we slow down on that a little bit. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, this guy is obviously just, you know, douche canoe. <laughs> I mean, he okay, is. Okay, perfect, good. But the fact of the matter is he was kind of the impetus for them winning a lot of games last season. Now that's mm -hmm. relative to not very many games, but you have to, you have to get behind this guy. If you're a Cleveland sports fan, because he's exciting. He's somebody that's proved that he can win games. Then he almost made the playoffs last year. I mean, if I'm the Cleveland media, I'm embracing him. I'm liking him until he kind of burns down in flames. And I will say this, me as not a Cleveland sports fan. I actually do appreciate how Baker Mayfield is very honest and straightforward about everything. Nah. Like he knows he's cocky. He says it. And then when he loses, he goes, couldn't get it done. Didn't play very well out there. Yeah. 
And, and I, I guess I do appreciate that. It's just you hope he won't take it over the line where the Browns become a punchline again. See, I'm okay with the, the like the crotch grab and all that at uh, at Oklahoma, and I like him being cocky. I don't know. I just think it's a lot harder to win in the NFL than Browns fans think, and that that's such a weird thing to say because if anybody knows how hard it's to win, it should be the Browns. And it's so bizarre to see them with this level of confidence. And go for it, buddy. If you, if you've got confidence and you're the starting quarterback, go nuts. I just have I don't trust all of the hype around the Browns. I think that they're going to get one of those come back to earth moments. And if they go eight and eight, that's great. And I think they will be competitive in games, but I think that there's a hill that you have to get over before you start winning in this league. And when that, that hill includes the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens have been that team where they've been kind of middle of the road, but they never fall off a cliff with John Harbaugh and the Steelers just always seem to be good. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as everybody thinks. Um, but Hey, listen, I don't have to like Baker Mayfield to admit that he's really good for the NFL because it's good to have that guy that like, man, this guy sucks, and then he comes out and proves you wrong. Don't you wish you had it in baseball? <laughs> you kind of do. Well, Bryce Harper's got a little bit of that. Uh, but on the Better You Today text line, uh, we do need to keep in mind that Tim Couch and Kelly Holcomb have fantastic comedic timing. No. No? What? I don't know. It's funny. How is that funny? Because they don't. It's... Uh, th- do, uh, do we know if they do or do, they I don't, don't even know if they have personalities. See, there's nothing. Yeah, that's see, what I'm saying. It goes that. to your point perfect. No, it's perfect because it, it illustrates your point. But but we don't even know if they don't have I mean, it would be funny if it was like we were talking about the Raptors and they mentioned Kawhi Leonard because we know he does it. And that's funny. No, it's funny because I read those two names and you can't even picture their faces. Do we even know what Tim Couch sounds that's like? What I'm, that's why it's funny. Like I, it, I don't even know. That's... Uh, to, to my point, that's why it's Peyton funny. Hillis. <laughs> can you picture any of these people that you're listing off? I could picture Peyton Hillis. If we, if we lined up, if we lined up all of the Cleveland Browns quarterbacks, and we've done this a million times where you go through the list, there's 28 starting quarterbacks or whatever between Bernie Kosar and Baker Mayfield, however many it is. If we lined up all of those guys and I gave you name tags, how many of them could you correctly identify? You said 28. I don't know. I, I'm, that's a guess, mm. but whatever. I could probably get five of them. <laughs> probably five. You're getting around 25%. Actually, I think I could probably even get closer to 10. I think I could. I remember a face. All right. Plus, I'll, I'll get Brian Hoyer immediately. You know what we need to do? Let's. This is what we should do is around the offices, we'll set up uh, the headshots of all of the Cleveland Browns quarterbacks. We'll let the fan staff try to put the nameplate to the face, and we'll see how many we can get correct. We'll, we'll, we'll even group source it. And see how they do. And Cam played with half of them. So he'd be like, well, I know that guy. So there you well, go. Well, he's too busy trying to figure out how we make Ugly 4 big again. How do we make Ugly 4 big again? I don't know. I wake up every morning thinking about it. So do I. All right. Hey, let's get to good versus evil. We will do that next on The Center and the Saint on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. 
Cam Newton one is is surprising to me because I think he should be higher personally. I always thought players loved him. They do. He's very Westbrook. They do, but he 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 takes us on a roller coaster every year. Yeah. From year to year, we don't know which Cam we're gonna get, and it's kind of unfair because his personnel around him has always been inconsistent. That was man who retained good looks in retirement, Greg Jennings, on Colin Cowherd this past week. Mercifully. The NFL started its 2019-2020 season Thursday when Denver beat Atlanta 14-10 in the Hall of Fame game. But the bigger story was the release of the top 100 NFL players as voted by current players. Number one's Aaron Donald. The rest of the top 10 are Drew Brees, Khalil Mack, Patrick Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones, Vaughn Miller. Anyone missing? Uh... It's, it's, my trouble is who do you exclude out of that list? I would have thought you'd immediately go Russell Wilson. I, yeah, but you're going best players. Do I drop Von Miller to put in Russell Wilson or Drew Brees? I mean, it's hard to argue with Aaron Donald. Dude, you could drop Julio Jones. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably I mean, true. he kind of sucked last year. Yeah, well. I know because I had him on my fantasy <laughs> team. Yeah, but when healthy, dude, try stopping that guy. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very good. It's a very different list when it's made by the players. That's one of the things that I look at. Russell Wilson is great. He's not going to throw a team on his back. At the wide receiver position, I suppose you can't. But at the same time, it's like, dude, good luck stopping that guy when he's at full strength. It's really hard. You wonder. I don't know. It's I, there's a is lot it of guys, hard. There's a lot of guys you could throw in there because I'm, well, I'm just going through my Rolodex of great players. It's hard. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker. And so when you get a contract like that, as great as Odell Beckham Jr. is, you can make an argument that he ain't this dude, Michael Thomas, in terms of production. And so because of that, those kind of things helped assist Michael Thomas in getting this money. It's well-deserved. It has been earned, but the job is not finished. That was Stephen A. Smith in a sling. Does anybody know why he was in a sling this week? Fought a robot. And rope doped him? I would believe that. I, I would honestly believe that. <laughs> Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas is no longer holding out. The New Orleans Saints made their primary receiver the highest paid man at his position. That's $96 million over the next five years. $61 million of that is guaranteed. Should we now view Michael Thomas as the best receiver in the football league of the national? <laughs> One more time. Uh, was he in the top 10 players? I didn't. I don't remember hearing his name. No, but neither was Russell Wilson. Julio Jones is the, uh, Again, the quarterback position is so much higher value than any other position because you touch, touch the ball on every possession. So you could just make it all quarterbacks, and I'd be fine with that. But uh, Michael Thomas is in as good a situation as any uh, wide receiver in the NFL because he plays with Drew Brees. You wonder what his numbers will be when they move to Teddy Bridgewater or whoever after Drew Brees retires, and you wonder if you'll have that same productivity. But you need to pay your guy's favorite weapon because you only have so many years left with Drew Brees. I think that's part of it. Um, it's hard to argue. He has more receptions than any player for his, through his first three years in any NFL career ever. So by that standard, yes, he's the greatest of all time. Well, I mean, he's he's a very mature young man. Um, you know, he's 
had a lot of notoriety and obviously attention on him for a really long time, even when he was drafted as a baseball player, obviously winning the Heisman, playing in the big games at, at OU. I mean, so this is not like it's new to him. That was a guy with smelly hair, Larry Fitzgerald. This week, there was a mountain of praise heaped on number one overall pick in the NFL draft, Kyler Murray. This isn't unusual, really, for high draft picks on crappy teams to get high praise during camp, but this praise is coming from Pro Bowlers and Hall of Fame players. David Johnson said Murray is, quote, scary good. Larry Fitzgerald, who you just heard there, went way over that, saying, quote, I've never seen a quarterback come in so quickly and be able to command an offense. Guys understand it's going to be his show. You want to be part of it? Get on board. Should we believe the hype? The 15th of December, Browns at (laughs) Cardinals. That'll be the barometer. No, but I'm saying, like, if he has a great year, you get him head-to-head with Baker... That would be the the game to circle on your calendar if what Larry Fitzgerald is saying is is true. <laughs> Again, it's hard to argue with a list of players voted on by players, right? Because if you have to go out and guard Julio Jones, you're going to be like, dude, that guy's the best wide receiver in football. And you have all the cornerbacks voting on it. You have a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's played now with, geez, how many quarterbacks over the last handful of years he played with Kurt Warner they went to a Super Bowl so he's played with he's played with a bunch of scrubs he's played with a bunch of uh, uh he's played with at least a couple guys that have been great quarterbacks in the NFL um so you have Carson Palmer you have that whatever now he's looking at a guy that's an electric athlete he sees how quickly he came in so I tend to believe Larry Fitzgerald oh yeah and I hope so why not hey the the more great athletes you have playing the quarterback position the better it is as a viewer well, I think he's full of crap. Hey, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. It should be fun to watch. RG3 was fun to watch for a minute. Time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from Down Under. Broiky. An Australian crocodile farmer who found an orthopedic plate inside a croc's stomach said Thursday that he had been told the surgical device was from a person's body ah! and had been contacted by relatives of missing people anxious for clues. So nice timing with the music. there. The crocodile ate a dude. Yeah. And there was a plate in the dude that he ate. So orthopedic plate. Yes. Old person wandered off, got eaten by a crocodile. End of story. Frightening. Yeah. Well, is that how you want to go? I'm okay with that. As an old man, that's how you want to As go. Wandering man, the yeah. earth, get eaten by a crocodile during your wanderings. Yeah, I'm okay with that. If I, if I wander off in a, a dementia haze where nobody really knows where I went, and they're like, where'd grandpa, where'd great, great grandpa go? And I'm just meandering off and I'm, I'm a little lucid and I, I don't really know what's going on. I can barely kind of function. And like in a moment of, of you know, clarity, I'm like, that crocodile's going to eat me been a good life thanks everybody peace yeah i'm okay with that all remnants of human tissue attached to the plate have been long digested before mj died so they're referring to the guy mj mj i guess missing guy missing joey <laughs> joey is that what they call dudes no a in jo- australia a joey is a baby kangaroo is it like a bi meaning a bifurcated meaning maybe might be bifurcated but no. 
Yeah, yeah the no, English language has two meanings for I, one word sometimes. You say I don't walk about. Did we talk about root a couple weeks ago? Who? Oh, yeah, we did. We talked about the word root with uh, Jen. Anyways, double meaning. remember that. It means uh, getting it on down in uh, Australia, but there's an Australian pitcher for the A's, and they had the poster going, here's a guy you can root for or whatever. The crocodile population has exploded across the country's tropical north since the 70s because saltwater crocodiles can live up to 70 years and grow throughout their lives, reaching up to 23 feet in length. 70-year-old, 23-foot crocodile. Yowza. Do you think this was a 70-year-old guy who ran into a 70-year-old crocodile and they just old-manned it? They sat there and talked for a while, and the old man's just like, you know... I'm just not feeling great. I don't think it's worth it. The crocodile's like, I feel fantastic. Mind if I eat you? And he's like, yeah, go for it. You should take a nap. <laughs> he soothed him. He's combing his hair until he fell asleep. Then he ate him peacefully in his sleep. We've had a couple of people get in touch with us about their relatives that have gone missing in northern Queensland area, and they're anxious to find out. There's been nothing heard of from these people. They've just disappeared, Lever said. I guess some other guy in this article. We'd certainly keep those people informed of any new news that we can get. Now, what would you say if I went missing Yep. and then you got a call a week later and they were like, hey, your co-host was eaten by a crocodile. We found his glasses inside the crocodile's stomach. We found a crocodile wearing his glasses. Must have really wanted those glasses. <laughs> he's just strolling around wearing that crocodile looks an awful lot like Will Darkest. Yeah, he's wearing his glasses. Um, we but, spotted the crocodile with glasses on, reading a Chuck Palnick book. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing: you're you're saying that there are people, there are a lot of people that have missing relatives, people that just wandered off and disappeared. Yes. If you wandered off and disappeared, yeah, uh, you know, and you're geriatric and you're an old man, and mm. I look. If you perished, I'd be sad. If I died, I hope people would be sad for me. But just know that if if I get eaten by a crocodile, I was probably in the wrong place at the wrong time. I doubt that, you know, you're walking through, you know, the, well, the grocery store. Well, apparently you liked it. You, this yeah. was the way you wanted to go. That's what I'm saying. So if, if, if you got attacked by a crocodile in, like, the cereal aisle at, uh, at Safeway, I'd feel really bad because you're like, there's no way he would have seen that crocodile coming. He just jumped off. The, the top shelf of the of the Fruit Loops and or took it was him out. a crocodile dressed as an old lady pushing <laughs> yeah, a cart. Yeah, totally. That crocodile totally tricked him. Now, if I found out that you had been hanging around the crocodile farm at night and you'd cut a big hole in the cyclone and you went down there to pet the crocodiles for three days in a row before the crocodile ate you, eh, I wouldn't feel as bad. He had it coming. I'm not saying that he had it coming. You're tempting fate. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. All right, that's a good versus evil. That's brought to you by our friends at 808, the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurant, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. In hour two, we've got a couple more notes from NFL training camp. We've got the over-under numbers uh, for the NBA next season. See where they put the Blazers on that. And we will talk some baseball. This is the Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.